On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Hayes, how are you? Good, how are you? Yeah, thanks for talking to us today. The, the Levitt Shell in Memphis. The Levitt Shell. Yeah. They tell me this is where Elvis played for the first time. Yeah, it's a, it's a historic, iconic um, venue and it was restored. It's just, you know, it's a wonderful place because all the concerts are free I know. for the people who live in this lovely city. Yeah. So um, the last time I actually saw you live was at the Birchmere. Okay. And uh, what was Alexandria. It was, it was Alexandria. Yeah. And uh, you played, of course, She Left Me for Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Which I had never heard at the time, and I just thought that was the funniest song ever. Well, it's, uh, it's about half and half. People either really dig it or they don't. I mean, so, I was laughing out loud. It was so funny. Oh, good. I'm glad to have you on the, this side of the, the divide. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, you write, you write songs and uh, you try and try and have fun with them, some of them more serious than others. and, and that one was Ray Wiley Hubbard told me something when I played it for him the first time. He said, you know, Hayes, the problem with irony is that not everybody gets it. And uh, I found that to be true over the years. Ray Wiley's one of our favorites. Mine too. He's been through, I mean, he is, he is a poet for sure. He is, and he's been a bit of a mentor to me. He was one of the first people that, that I met when I started off in the business. I was attending bar and doing open mic nights at this place down in Galveston, Texas, called the Old Quarter Acoustic Cafe. And and Ray came through and did a show, and it just blew me away. And, and so I kind of stalked him for a while until he would hang out with me, and, and, and we became friends. And, and he's just been incredibly generous to me, uh, as, you know, talking to me about, you know, what not to do on the road and, and you know, how to, how to uh, you know, as somebody who's been through all the, all the battles, he's, he's got some great advice. And more than anything, though, just uh, creatively, he's been a real inspiration in, in teaching me uh, a lot of things about songwriting and art. So let's go back a little bit. Um, grew up playing guitar? Uh, I started when I was 15. I caught a, I caught a, uh, I was a big country music fan, big rock and roll fan. Um, but I caught a, uh, a folk trio at, at the Unitarian Church that in the town I grew up in, uh, we didn't go to church real regularly, but uh, but every once in a while we would we would come in and and uh, saw this trio and they just played Bob Dylan songs and it changed my life. Uh, they they played "Blowing in the Wind" and "A Hard Rain's Gonna Fall" and and uh, just the power of those songs, even done by somebody else, uh, blew me away. And I I went home that day with the goal of getting a guitar and and. Uh, trying to be a songwriter. So you learned to play the guitar. When did you actually start writing your own songs? 
Well, I kind of written a little bit even before I got a guitar, just you know, playing with poems, and mm -hmm. and I just always had fun with words, and 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 then when I got into to songwriters, uh, the, the power of that, uh, you know, the way that certain guys could articulate emotions or or make you not feel so alone or just have fun, it was it was really powerful to me, and um, so then I got the guitar really with the express intent of I'm gonna I'm gonna learn these guys' stuff. But also, it's going to give me a tool to to maybe get some of the, the ideas and emotions in my own head <clears throat> out. And uh, so I started fooling with, with writing songs. But it's tough sledding at first, for me anyway. I imagine it's for most people, because the people you're listening to, your heroes that will inspire you, uh, you know, you want to write like them. And, and that's just not really possible <laughs> when you first start, at least. As a 15-year-old me, I, I wasn't able to do it, but uh, you got to well, find your own voice. What was kind of the hardest part? When it, was it the lyrics, the way the song is structured, or what was the hardest part to come together? Yeah, it's, it's finding your own voice, mm -hmm. um, because it, as long as you're trying to be somebody else, you, you're going to fail, and there's not going to be really much unique about you. And um, uh, and finding the you know the, getting comfortable with the with the tools first of all, I and mean, learning to play your instrument. And then, and then practicing with language and, and uh, uh, working to find what it is that's, that's unique about you. And, and, and that took some time, because it's, um, it, for me anyway, it was <clears throat> it's scary to sort of put yourself out there. And it's really frustrating to write these things and then, and then you hear Ray Wiley Hubbard or Towns Van Zandt or Bob Dylan and you just go, why do I even bother? Because these people are such light years ahead of of where I was, and, and um, uh, but I, I loved it, and I, and I wanted to keep trying and give it a shot, so I, I just, I just kind of dove headfirst into it. When did you think, I'm going to be a professional musician, that's what I'm going to do with my life? Well, I had the dream for a long time, mm -hmm. um, and when I got out of school, I, I moved to this little beach town and just started gigging in bars. I'd go in and, you know, ask if I could put up a tip jar and... and and to my like, surprise, hey, people like my music. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I started playing, and, and you know, it was for two people a night. It wasn't like any big doings, and they were playing slot machines and watching baseball games. But, but nobody turned around and told me I was terrible, and I would play, and then sometimes there'd be bigger crowds, and they'd sing along. And, and, uh, but it wasn't until I started playing my own stuff um, uh, down in Galveston at the old quarter that I was talking about. Um, and I started getting open for some of these people like Ray Wiley and Willis Allen Ramsey and um, Sisters Morales and and uh, getting in front of audiences that had come to hear songwriters. And that was different than playing cover songs. People who for really jars. appreciate songwriting. Yeah. yeah. And, and then I was starting to put my own songs out there and get some positive feedback. And, and um, it didn't take much, you know, just one person saying, hey, I really dug that. And I was, I was good for a month. And, um, but, uh, you know, when I put on my first record and started going around, I think that's when I started to, to think this could be my path. It was the last, I, I, I didn't have, I haven't had a job other than this since, since, uh, my first record, 2002. And, um, um, so you didn't look back. I didn't look back. It was, there was some quite, there was some lean times and a few times where I thought, uh, I certainly wasn't sure it was going to work, but, uh, I've been really fortunate and. And, um, and, you know, when you start at the bottom, 
that's the good part is like everything seems uh, like you're on the right path, every incremental positive step. And, and so for a lot of years, if I look back at it now, I'd say, well, that wasn't much of a career. But, but at the time, you know, I was just thrilled that people were listening to me and, and were being supportive and, and that I was able to just go out and do this and sing my songs and have fun. It's pretty amazing, and of course, uh, you have a lot of humor in your songs. You also have some very poignant lyrics in your songs, but you're known as a poet, so I think that you've arrived with that club that you were describing. And um, this latest album, What It Is, mm -hmm. uh, Rolling Stone, Wall Street Journal, NPR, Garden and Gun, uh, No Depression, everyone is saying it's one of your best albums ever. And a little bit of a departure, say, from the last album you did. Um, but a lot of humor in the songs, mm -hmm. um, really some great music. So what, what, was the, uh, what was different about this album than, say, some of the previous albums? The previous record, I, I think this record's sort of a return to form in some ways. Mm -hmm. that my previous record, I was made a really conscientious decision, conscious decision to, to try some new things and, and that I wasn't really comfortable with and to kind of let go of some of the stuff that, I had used throughout my career, whether it was humor or tempo or uh, 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 various styles of music. I just wanted to make a songwriter record. And that's kind of where I was at in my life. I felt like I needed to uh, do, challenge myself creatively and see if, I could if these songs could stand on their own. And then there's also where I was at personally in that I was trying to work through some pretty heavy stuff for me. And, and a somber recording experience was kind of where I was at. And uh, so I did that. I survived. Nobody got hurt. Um, You're still here. I'm still here. <laughs> and uh, and so it kind of freed me up on this record to to not feel like I needed to challenge myself. I mean, I, I wanted to challenge myself, but not just change everything. And so I could use elements. Uh, I brought back some of the humor and some of the tempo and some of the various styles, but also continue to push things. And that we we had string sections. We had horn sections and. And uh, my wife was a co-producer on Now Wife. She was my fiance at the time, but uh, uh, I got Congratulations. married. Thank you. I got married a month ago uh, to Allison Moore. Newlyweds. Yeah. And uh, so she's a, a, a incredible artist and songwriter and singer. And uh, uh, so having working with her was a unique experience. Um, getting to to uh, have your your life partner be your creative partner. And uh, and then Brad Jones, who produced my Trouble in Mind and K-Meg Yo-Yo Records, uh, also co-produced. So I was in really good hands. Album. We recorded it in Nashville, Tennessee, mm -hmm. at Brad's studio. It's called Alex the Great. Oh. And so I'd done some work there before. And so it was just nice to be around people that I completely trusted. And I was in a good place. I, I'm just in a more joyful place in my life. And I think that came out in this record. So what it is is about, that, that's a t one of the title tracks. Yeah, it's a title, track, title yeah. track. So what's that song about? It's about being in the moment. Mm -hmm. It's about living in the present. And in the chorus is, what it was is gone forever. What it could be, God only knows. But what it is is right here in front of me, and I'm not letting go. And, and that was sort of my mantra these days. I'm trying to make it my mantra. Um, live in the moment. Live in the moment. And mm -hmm. I, it sounds simple, but I had spent almost 20 years on the road, and... I felt like, as much as I loved many parts of it, I felt like a lot of life had passed me by and that I was, I was stuck in the past or consumed with what was gonna happen and trying to control that. And I missed where I was. I missed being 
in Memphis, Tennessee with my band and of great players and folks and having a, a great audience and, and, and just being in the moment, whatever it was for, whether it was being with my family or being in front of an audience or, or uh, in a cool town. being myself in a cool town. Um, and uh, I, just, I just said, I don't, want to, I don't want the next 20 years to pass me by. I mean, they're going to go. They're going to move quick. But I, I, I want to, to be more engaged uh, for the ones coming than I was for the ones that have gone. So there was another song I saw the, the title. I was listening to a little bit of it, Elvis and Jesus. Jesus and Jesus Elvis. Jesus and Elvis. Yeah, yeah. So what is that song about? It's about a bar down in Austin, Texas, uh, called Lala's. And uh, the story that I had heard, it's got Christmas lights up year-round, and there's a jukebox in the corner with nothing on it past 1968. And the story that I had heard was that Lala, the owner, had had a son who had gone off to fight in Vietnam at Christmas time, and, and that she had sworn not to take the lights down until he made it back home. And so uh, it, it's a song about that place. And uh, turns out that that is not true, but at the time <laughs> the I thought it was. story is a good story. It's a good story. And, and uh, um, uh, so I wrote that with Allison and Matresa Berg, and, and we got a pretty good song out of it. It's an incredible album. Do you ever write poetry, just poetry, or is it always about songwriting? Well, I write some poetry. I, I don't know if you know Bob Schneider, um, but he, he's a, a Austin musician. He's like won 57 Austin Music Awards mm -hmm. and, and a, a legend down there. And, and uh, um, he has a thing called the Poetry Club where he will send out a line every week to all these people on an email group and and we have to write a poem that uses that that word or phrase or, or whatever it is it keeps and it keeps everybody kind of working i don't i'm not as consistent with it as i'd like to be but it's it's a good reminder to uh to use those creative muscles and so i do that and then you know everything i write starts out as poetry even if it's a couplet or something i mean uh, that you you're playing with words and you're trying to to craft them into something and sometimes it's you're trying to express an emotion and a, or a feeling, and sometimes you just you just like the way something sounds, and then you try and find the story behind it. But um, but that's the genesis for just about everything I do. So um, it, it starts out as words on the page uh, that rhyme usually, and uh, so I, I consider that poetry. Uh, um, I don't know that it would be, you know, I, <clears throat> I could make a book out of it without the songs, but um, it, it's a rudimentary poetry at least. Well, I was really struck by not only the music on this new album, but also the lyrics. And so I, I think it's poetry. That's why I asked if you actually wrote well, poetry. Um, but I want to encourage everyone to go get the album. What it is is a fantastic album. Um, we love the music, and we thank you for giving us this time today. It's my pleasure. Thank you all. I hope we can come in the studio sometime. Make we some would music. love that. We would love that. Thank right you. On. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com home dash trial. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. 
cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.